it looks like the top six in the East is all set. I'm going to break all that down for you. Plus the win over Utah. I thought that was a pretty good win. All things considered because of the flight issues and Malcolm Brogdon's value super evident in that game. Blake Griffin's value evident in that game. I think he's going to win the Celtics a playoff game. It's all right now on the lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day, and I'm here for you every day, Monday through Friday, with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device. Whatever app you use, this show is there. You can also watch the show on YouTube. Hop in the comments section, join a very active, growing community there on the YouTube page. Uh, It's a lot of fun. I enjoy seeing some of those comments. I'm John Corrales. I used to play professional basketball. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And I wrote a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. If you're a first-time listener, if you're new to the show, welcome aboard. I hope you enjoy it. You regular listeners, I really just want to say I appreciate you all for listening multiple times a week. I hope you're listening five days a week, trying to give you the best Celtics content in the world. So I hope you're enjoying the show. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Later in the show, I'll talk about some of the things from the Utah game that stood out to me, some of the player performances that I thought were very impressive. Jason Tatum, Malcolm Brogdon, Blake Griffin. In the second segment, I think more of the Jason Tatum stuff will come in the second segment, where I start, I'll, I'll talk about Utah in that segment uh, because I thought it was actually a kind of impressive win. I thought it was a good win. Uh, this, I know that they were shorthanded, but the circumstances and the way the Celtics have been playing lately, I actually, I thought it was, I'm going to qualify it as a, a, a good win for the Celtics. All the Utah talk coming up in the second segment. I want to start with some of the things that are, are, are news, the collective bargaining agreement stuff. If you missed it over the weekend or just kind of sort of heard about it, uh, the the league, the Players Association, they came to an agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement. There are elements in there that directly impact the Boston Celtics. I'm going to talk about all of that very specifically tomorrow. That's tomorrow's show with Keith Smith. Keith, obviously one of the uh, better uh, at the CBA discussion stuff. He knows that stuff really, really well. So I'll have a conversation with him tomorrow to get into a lot of how that stuff I'm, I'm actually pushing it to tomorrow because we're learning new things. I don't want to get my, my head wrapped around some of the new stuff. I wrote a little bit about it on Boston sports journal, but that's all tomorrow. The, the big thing to talk about right now, right away, the standings, uh, Milwaukee beat Philadelphia. And that I think kind of starts to set everything, uh, in the East by virtue of the bucks beating the Sixers, the Celtics are now 
three games ahead of Philly with four games to play. They have the tiebreaker. So uh, that means Philly has to be perfect. They can't just tie the Celtics. So they have to be a game up on the Celtics. With four games left, three games back, it's very obvious. The next Celtics win, the next Sixers loss, that's it. The Celtics can do no worse than the second seed. And guess who plays who on Tuesday night? It's Celtics and Sixers, Boston at Philly Tuesday night. So if the Celtics win that game, they clinch the the second seed. No worse than the second seed. The Bucs are still two games up on Boston. So it would have actually been, you know, it probably should have been rooting for Philadelphia in that, in that game against the Bucks because that would have given Boston an outside chance at getting the top seed. If you care, I, I don't care anymore. I, I spent so much of the season talking about the top seed. The Celtics clearly don't care. I think that win in Milwaukee showed that we probably shouldn't care. They, that that feeling of going into Milwaukee and, and winning there is much less daunting to me. So the Celtics still have a chance, but it's it's much less of a chance. Making up two games on Milwaukee with four to play. Milwaukee, you know, to go two and two and Boston has to go four and oh, that that's that that's a tall order. I don't know if Boston cares to go four and oh. So I don't think the Celtics are going for that top seed, despite what Malcolm Brogdon continues to say. I think they're fine. They're fine with going into Milwaukee. They, they probably would rather get the top seed, but eh, that's, you know, they, they kind of blew it with some of their performances or, you know, earlier this season. But, hey, second seed, eh, it's not really the worst path in the world. The problem is, it was looking like the Brooklyn Nets were going to fall into the play-in. I would have bet that they would fall into the play-in, but they lead Miami by two games with four to play, but Brooklyn has the tiebreaker over Miami. So it's it's going to be a, a lot to ask of Brooklyn. Like Brooklyn's going to have to lose out, and Miami's going to have to go perfect. Can they do it? Sure. But again, just like Boston and Milwaukee, it's going to be asking a lot for the Celtics, uh, for, for Miami to do that. So Miami very likely falling into the play-in tournament. So Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago, that's your play-in tournament. The Washington Wizards were officially eliminated uh, in in there. I think it was they, they lost on Sunday. So they were officially eliminated. It's going to likely be Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago. That 7-8 is still to be determined. Miami will be the 7. And Atlanta or Toronto, Chicago still has a chance. So you can probably guess Boston-Miami in that first round of the playoffs. That's going to be my guess. It could be any one of those teams because I think all of those teams have certain strengths and all of that stuff, but whatever. That's one of those teams is going to be Boston's opponent. You can probably pencil in Miami. Okay. So if it's the heat, it's not something that I'm happy about because the Celtics should beat Miami, right? It's one of those things where the Celtics will probably beat Miami. There's if they don't, then, Oh my God, that's going to be a complete disaster. But 
they can probably be probably beat these other teams in five games, no worse than six games. Miami, I feel like the Celtics should win in maybe five, but because of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, they're going to be annoying. One of those guys, there's going to be some outlier Max Struess game or something like that, that it's going to end up being a seven-game series. I could just, that's like my biggest fear. And you just don't want to open up a playoff run with a long series. So hopefully the Celtics can take care of Miami. I know Miami offensively is a mess, but Jimmy Butler in the playoffs is a different animal, and I don't want to deal with that. So we'll see how that goes. But the top six, Milwaukee as the top seed, Boston, Philly, that's pretty locked in. So the Cavs are two and a half games back. Three games behind them is New York, and two and a half games behind them is Brooklyn. This looks like the top six. So the 1-8 is going to be Milwaukee and one of those teams. Boston and one of those teams. Then 3-6 is going to be Philly and Brooklyn. Congratulations, Philly. Then Cleveland and New York is going to be a, you know interesting series as the 4-5. And then likely Boston-Philly in the second round. And then likely Boston-Milwaukee uh, in the conference finals. That should be the path. That should be it. So Mark it down. I feel good about that. I don't think there's going to be any changes. All we got to do now is wait to see who comes out of the play-in tournament. And the good thing is the winner of that first play-in game gets that seventh seed. And so the Celtics will know pretty quickly who their first-round opponent is going to be. No waiting around forever. They'll get that answer really, really quickly, and they can start preparing. So that, that at least is the good news. The Celtics played a game since I last dropped the podcast and they beat the Utah Jazz. So I'll talk about that Jazz win next. I think, especially considering their travel issues, which were significant, I think that was a really good win. That's all coming up next. First, prize picks. People have been sending me messages about how much they love prize picks because it's daily fantasy done right. It's daily fantasy made easy because it's you against the projections. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And it's not you against experts. It's you against the uh, prize picks projection. They set a projection. You pick more, you pick less, and it's done. And you can do that in any, any sport you can think of. Uh, you still have an opportunity to do it for the men's college basketball because that championships game is coming up. Uh, some wild games over the weekend. But you can pick anything. I'm not even going to list them all. There's too many. All, I, all you need to know is that disc golf and cricket are on the list. So there you go. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. So if you started making your entry when I started talking, then you're done making your entry before I finish telling you about prize picks. The withdrawals, safe and fast. This is operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up today. Play daily fantasy sports. First-time users get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix gives you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix gives you $50. Don't forget, enter that promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Plenty of Locked On podcasts for all of your Boston sports fandom. If you're a fan of all Boston sports, Locked On Red Sox 
The season just got underway. Locked on Bruins. They 60 wins for the Bruins. It's amazing. The locked on Patriots. They're rebuilding their team in the offseason. So check out Locked On. And if you're not a Boston fan, then check out your other favorite cities. There's a Locked On there for you. It's your team every day. We say that for a reason. Boston Celtics get that win over the Utah Jazz on Friday. Uh, 122-114 in a game that was, you know, the final score was closer than it seemed. Yeah, you know, I, I said the other day, I wrote the other day in Boston Sports Journal that Milwaukee over Indiana kind of showed Boston how it's done. How do you, how does a good team beat a bad team? And I was still, I was still really worked up about how the Celtics have been playing in recent days. Uh, and I, I, I held that Milwaukee win over Indiana as an example. And the Boston Celtics went out against the jazz and kind of followed that, that plan, right? They, it was a little close early, the Celtics built up a big lead. They got up, you know, well over 20 points. And then at the end, just kind of relaxed a little bit. And they cut into the lead, but it was never really in doubt. So that's the Celtics did exactly what a good team should do against the bad team. Uh, Utah tanking. Utah didn't have uh, Lowry Markinen, although Markinen was out there warming up. He looked pretty good in warmups. Uh, Jordan Clarkson didn't play. A lot of the guys that aren't playing were out there warming up before the game, and they looked really good, really healthy. So um, it's very obvious what Utah is doing with some of these guys and their injuries. But in the meantime, the Celtics play who they play, and they play whichever guys are on the floor. And so they went out, and they 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 got what I believe is a good win. And, and one of the reasons why I think is a good win is the travel issues that they have. And I don't know, I guess people don't understand sometimes the, the impact of these things, but the Celtics play the Milwaukee Bucks. They, they had that huge win. They get to the plane. Their pilot is sick. And he can't fly the plane. And they can't find another pilot to get them from Milwaukee to Boston. So they unload. They spend about half an hour, 45 minutes, according to Grant Williams, on the plane. They get, they find hotel rooms again. They stay. They sleep in Milwaukee. They wake up in the morning, get to Boston in the afternoon, and then get to the arena. So, so they fly on game day. And so there's a few reasons why. That not only messes with your routine. Traveling, traveling is hard enough, you know, like. You get on a plane, no matter how short the flight, you still got to get up there. You get in one of those pressurized cabins. I talk about it all the time. Pressurized cabin has an impact on a person's body. And when your body is how you make your money, it, it has an impact on how you perform. It just does. And to have to do that and get back to the arena and play an NBA game, that's tough. That's tough. And to, to go through that and, and to come in and play a team that was decimated, shorthanded, the Celtics definitely, we know their, their history against teams like that, to pick it up and to play pretty well. I thought they played generally pretty well. That was, that was impressive. I thought that was, that was a nice, it's a nice win. 
Is it like the greatest win in the history of basketball? No, obviously no. That's not what this is about. It's about acknowledging that these guys faced some some sort of adversity. They had the opportunity to kind of maybe take the excuse, and they didn't. And that's that's nice. It's nice to see. Before the game, Joe Mazzula was hilarious in his defiance to acknowledge the travel issues because I asked him. So I'd heard about it, and I asked him about it. He's like, no, no. Oh, fine. Any travel issues, Joe? No, no, no issues. Was, was, was the flight delayed? No, it was not delayed. I should have said, was the flight canceled? <laughs> Did you fly out last night? You know, like he, he just wouldn't acknowledge that they, they didn't fly normally because he didn't want it to be an excuse. And sometimes he hangs on to these things and he, he, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny but hey, that's that's the type of person he is. Like he just he is so adamant about there not being any excuses that he he just blew that that he, he it would have been easier for him to just say, "Yeah, we had an issue with the flight last night. Pilot pilot got sick. We couldn't we couldn't fly out. So we just slept in Milwaukee. We got a good night's sleep. We flew in this morning. Not ideal, but we all feel pretty good and we're ready to play." And that's it. That it's a very simple thing. You, you can explain something without it being an excuse, but that's how he chose to handle it. Uh, Will Hardy was hilarious when talking about that. Cause we, we brought it up to Will Hardy. So Will Hardy uh, gave like, he, he spent like 18 minutes talking to the media before the game. And he was like, he, he almost did like a Joe Missoula impression, which was really funny because he kind of like, called Joe out. I was like, yeah, Joe, Joe's like, that's not a shtick. The, the stuff you see on the podium is that's just who he is. That's just who he is. He's super intense. He just wants to win. Winning is above everything. And that's just how it is. So I thought it was funny, but it was interesting because Jason Tatum said he had the option of not playing against the jazz. He made it sound like he wasn't supposed to play against the jazz. He was going to take that day off. But because of the flight delay, or cancellation, or however it wanted to be can- ca- uh, characterized, he said, that's kind of w- what put me over the edge to play. We talked about in the locker room. Last night, the, the Milwaukee win doesn't mean anything if we don't win against Utah. Um, he said, so everything that happened today, we could have made it as an excuse, but it just brought us closer together. Everybody was just like, it's not going to be perfect, but we're going to figure out a way to win this game. So that kind of galvanized the guys. And I, I was saying after, you were know, actually during the game, that Jalen Brown shouldn't have played in this game. Jalen Brown looked awful. Uh, he looked tired, sluggish. He had some, some nice plays, but he just looked out of it. He looked like a guy that didn't get any rest the prior night, that um, probably just was tired and, and just no energy, whatever. He... With this Tatum comment, it makes me think like everyone who was probably supposed to take the day off said, ah, you know what? Let's, let's see if we can win under these circumstances. And they took it as a challenge in a weird way. It's almost kind of like the, the Larry bird left-handed game. It's kind of like they just saw they were, they've been bored in these scenarios. And then they said, Hey, you know what? This is weird. Let's, you know, We've never flown. 
on the day of a game to go play. Let's see if how how we can do. And it's almost like a weird experiment to them. And they came out, and Tatum played great. He played amazing. Uh, he was 12 of 17, 39 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, three steals, uh, no turnovers. The only player in NBA history to have consecutive games of at least 39 points with zero turnovers. His the 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 thing about Tatum is that he has now he went from what eight of ten against Milwaukee, five of eight against the Jazz. Ooh, now you're talking about Tatum maybe starting to catch some fire behind the arc. This could be good timing of a Tatum heater. We've been waiting for the Tatum heater, and I said this after the Milwaukee game. He was hitting the types of shots that a guy about to go on a heater hits. He was hitting the type of shots that Jason Tatum hits on those hot streaks. And here he is again, five of eight from three. So Tatum took that as a challenge and he led the team and just played, played great, just played great. And that was, that was a, a just a fun, it was a fun win. A few other guys had some impact here and uh, especially Blake Griffin who created some chaos, which was a lot of fun. I'll talk about that next. First, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the absolute best tasting protein bar on the market. I love Built Bar because it's delicious. It's like a treat. It's high protein, low calorie, low carbs, and low sugars. And it's it's like a candy bar, but healthy. So if you want to have a Built Bar in the morning as you know part of a, a breakfast you can do that uh you can do it as a meal replacement you can do it as a a snack you can do it as something that you have after the gym so go to lot go to built.com built.com and use the promo code locked on for 15 percent off you can also go to uh walmart you can get a four bar box at the walmart you can also go to Sam's Club and get uh, like a 12-bar box or 13-bar box. Uh, those are available there. I'm telling you, you're going to love them. If you haven't tried Built Bar yet, you should. They're great. I buy them myself. You can buy them too. Uh, go to Built.com. Check them all out. A couple of other things there from the Utah game. Uh, I thought <laughs> Blake Griffin was one of the stories uh, after that game where he comes in, very first play takes a charge. And then later on takes, he probably took four charges. And there are a couple of fouls that negated them. Uh, like one that Marcus, Marcus Smart fouled the guy. And then he just buried his shoulder into Blake Griffin and didn't get the call. I actually thought after the game, I thought that some of those late plays, even though they went against Boston, just Blake getting in there to kind of sacrifice his body and and even though they were no calls i think that got everybody juiced up and even the fact i don't think the guys have agreed with this premise but i don't know i still kind of believe that there's something to it um that they they got so fired up about the non-calls or the way the calls the whistle was being blown 
which there were like a bunch of technical fouls. It was a poorly officiated game, but the just the animosity, the anger, the the frustration was. I think that that gave them like a little boost of energy that they kind of needed because of, of everything that I said before with the plane not not coming out, um, not getting out the night before. So Blake Griffin's out there just throwing his body around, instigating, pissing people off. I feel like I feel like Blake Griffin is going to win the Celtics a playoff game, and that that would make the signing just absolutely worth it. It's already been worth it. But imagine a a scenario where Blake Griffin comes in in a game where the Celtics might be struggling, shots aren't falling, they're frustrated, maybe they're not getting the calls. We know how they get sometimes. Could be even in his first round where the Celtics might feel like, hey, we're above these other teams. We're above Miami. We're above these guys. Blake might come in at a particularly rough patch and say, just completely change the energy, completely change things by taking a charge, getting in, keeping some plays alive, getting the guys to follow his lead. So I feel like Blake Griffin, if he does that once, just one game in a series, then he, that makes it an incredibly good signing. So, but like I said, he's already been a good signing. I think that his his value to the locker room is is pretty noticeable has been all season, but no one, no one thought in signing him that he, he could make a difference even in one playoff game. I think there, the potential is there for him to have that type of performance. Malcolm Brogdon, I have to say those two games, Milwaukee and Utah show exactly the Malcolm Brogdon effect, his ability to get to the rim. I'm really, really believing in the Brogdon effect and the starting five, starting five out and pulling an opposing center out to the three-point line and coming with Rob in the second unit and giving him, uh, giving Malcolm Brogdon the opportunity to play with Rob. I think that is going to be impactful. I think that's going to be impactful for, for Malcolm Brogdon. There's, I, I think he he might be – I know that there's some Emmanuel quickly buzz for six man of the year, but Brogdon's been doing it all year long. And he's – he how many games has he started? He barely – maybe one or two. Um, he's been doing it all year off the bench, and he's been great off the bench. So I, I just think that Brogdon has shown in the past couple of games that – exactly why the Celtics got him between him and Derek white, who ha he also had a great game. He was big in the second quarter against Utah, 17 points for him. Uh, Brogdon shot seven to 14 white shot, six of 15, super efficient. They both, you know, they, they get to the line. Some they drop dimes. Brogdon had seven assists. They, they play defense. They protect the ball. They do. They play so well. This playoff run is going to show just how well the Celtics are equipped, I think, to make a deep run because you can lean on Brogdon. You can lean on White for stretches, uh, and you can get over 
a game where Jalen Brown just didn't have it. And again, like this, I, I I'm completely blowing this game off for, for Jalen Brown. It doesn't like, doesn't mean anything. I think he was just tired. So, but 12 points, 26% shooting five of 19, didn't hit a three, uh, turned the ball over three times was a minus five in the game. That's, that's a little tough for him, but to have these other guys come in to step up that, that when the opposing defense in a, in a playoff series is going to be geared towards a specific player or specific players, there's only so much a defense can do to have Brogdon playing the way he's playing now to have Derek white there. And then to have Robert Williams, who didn't play in this game, but obviously he was a difference maker against Milwaukee and is a difference maker across the board. I feel like we're going to see pretty quickly against playoff defenses, the impact of having a Brogdon coming in off the bench that that's going to be so huge. I think I, I honestly, I feel like he's been underrated all season long, but I don't think people are talking enough about Brogdon and the impact that he's made on this team. So much focus is understandably elsewhere. The, the Jays, you know, at one point leading the MVP race, uh, Jalen going for all NBA. Uh, those two guys are obviously at the, at the forefront. Horford having an amazing season. Rob being a difference maker. Derek White raising his game. Brogdon has just kind of, even though he's in that six man of the year discussion, it's, he he's so, I think, kind of underrated at this point. So, those two guys, especially Brogdon and Blake, had uh, had really important uh, performances. They're really great performances against Utah. Celtics are practicing on Monday before they take off for Philly. Short flight to Philly, so they'll go there. Uh, my anticipation is go hard against Philadelphia, lock up that second seed. I don't think the Celtics honestly care about that top seed. Maybe if Milwaukee loses, they might say, hey, well, let's maybe try it. But I, I feel like lock up that second seed. You got Toronto twice and you close out with Atlanta. It doesn't it doesn't really change much. Maybe, maybe because those two teams are kind of fighting for position. If you'd rather not face the Raptors, maybe you go hard against the Raptors and you roll over against Atlanta. So that 7-8 is going to be Miami and Atlanta, and you kind of hope that you get the Hawks because I'd rather play the Hawks in the first round. That'd be much, that'd be much better. Much better. No defense there. That, that, that series, if they play the Hawks, that series might be over in four. I'll give, them, I'll give them one game. I have no worries about that. Miami's just going to be annoying. So it'd be interesting to see how the Celtics handle the last few games. Again, tomorrow, I'll get into the Keith Smith uh, this, uh, CBA talk, a lot of, a lot of details in that collective bargaining agreement that directly impact Jalen Brown's extension, Jason Tatum, uh, when he opts out, uh, Grant Williams and his, you know, his bargaining power as a restricted free agent. Uh, there, there's a lot, how the Celtics can build their team in the future. There, there's a lot that directly impacts the Celtics. So we'll talk about all of that tomorrow during an off day with Keith Smith.
And then I'll be back with podcasts after the Sixers game, after the Toronto game. And that's going to be the week. Uh, one more one more podcast on Thursday. I'll figure out what that is later on. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Watch the show on YouTube. I'd love to have you there. Hop in the comments section. Get into that discussion. You know, go back and forth with one another. And if you are a subscriber, share the podcast. Tell your friends and family and everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.